And come on, guys, I'm trying to help you get out of it. Beautiful to see my brothers and sisters today. What an awesome thing it is to be in the house of the Lord. You know, I say it every Sunday. There is no greater thing than you can ever experience than to hear the voice of the Lord, right? To be in a place where the voice of God can be heard. And that's what we're doing today. We're just positioning ourselves. You're in a padded chair. The air can, somebody said it's super cold in here, but uh, it's super cold in here. Uh, uh, so <laughs> I don't know. I think I saw the, th the thermostat at 69. Amen. So I'm sure some of y'all feel that, that, that coolness. But isn't it nice to be in a place where we can come hear the Lord in a padded pew, air-conditioned building? We don't got to worry about what's going on in the outside world. We can worry about what's happening on in here and hear God's voice. Amen. So we are going to hear the voice of the Lord. I pray that you would open up your heart to hear God. Amen. Can somebody say amen? How awesome is that? What a beautiful day it is. We begin our brand new series entitled Made in the Shade, and we're going to be reading Psalms 91. I'm going to teach you how to pray Psalms 91, how to walk in concert with that psalm. It's one of the greatest psalms in all the Bible, probably second only to Psalm 23, and we're going to get to Psalms 91 today. This first message is entitled 911, because the Spirit sent me with urgency in the house to say it's time for you to dial 911 in the Lord. And I'm going to teach you that. This is a principle in my did you know that you should always dial 911? Did you know that you should always be dialing 911 in the Lord? We're going to talk about that today. You're going to be blessed in the message. Why don't we do this? Let's stand together. We're going to open your Bible, Psalms 91. And you know what I think? Because it is our first time we're in, we're kind of exploring this psalm. I think what I'm going to do with the family of faith is do you mind if we read the whole psalm? It's, it's only 16 verses, but man, it's powerful. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk through each and every verse over the next several weeks. I'm thinking it'll probably take me maybe four uh, to five sermons, and we'll get through this, and, and you're going to be better for it. This is Psalms 91 in the, in the, in the series entitled Made in the Shade, and you're going to know why I said as soon as we get into Psalms 91.1. So 911. <laughs> Y'all get it? Psalms 9-1-1, and you begins here in this reading. It reads like this. I'm reading from the King James Version of my Bible. It says this. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Touch your neighbor and say, get in that shadow, baby. There's strength in that shadow. There's supernaturalness in the shadow of God. I'm going to talk about that. This is an amazing, amazing verse. This is 911. Come on. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the, the Almighty. And I will say of the Lord, He is my fortress. Pardon me, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him will I trust. Surely, somebody say, Surely. Surely He shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings shall thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror that, that by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side, ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Only with thy eyes shall thou behold and see the reward of the wicked. 
because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High, thy habitation. There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. Thy shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and adder and young lion and dragon. Shall thou trample under feet, because he hath set his love upon me. Therefore will I deliver him, and I will set him on high, because he hath known my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. And I, will, and I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With a long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Ah, somebody. That's awesome. Y'all ready to get down with me today? We're going to get down for a little bit. Let's pray together. Come on. Let's, let's set the stage. Let's get the atmosphere right. Father, we thank you for the purpose of hearing your voice. Holy Spirit, tune our ears, tune our mind, our heart to hear from God that we won't leave here the way we came in, that there'll be transformation in our minds and hearts, that you'll renew our strength today, that we'll be gripped, Father, in your hands. I pray today, I pray today, Holy Spirit, that you stir us again, stir us anew, stir us afresh. Let there be an outpouring in this place. Something fresh, something to revitalize us. Let, let, let that stream that, 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 that bubbles up from our belly begin to flow. Let it flow through us. Revive us again. I pray your help and strength today as we move forward. I, I pray love and strength to be a part of the, the message and the purpose of the message. I pray help for the people of God for whatever situation or thing that might be troubling the mind and heart of the soul of the individual that's here. I pray the word of the Lord will cover that, that you'll find refuge in him. And I pray blessing as this word goes forward, and I pray it in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Listen, look at your neighbor right now and tell him I'm made in the shade. I'm made in the shade. Yeah, I got it made in the shade, baby. Hallelujah. Made in the shade. How awesome, how awesome it is, amen. Our God is an awesome God. Our God is an awesome God. How beautiful it is. Nine one one. Nine one one. You know what? Let me do this going to follow the lead of the Spirit of God. Uh, oh, open your Bible, St. Matthew chapter 7. I, I, I don't mind dealing with the difficult verses of the Bible. Because I believe it's in those difficult places that we get the best revelation of God. Uh, Matthew chapter 7. Let, let, let me get my Bible over there. I'm going to the Sermon on the Mount. I, I, I want to read a passage to you. I want to set something up because I want to share something with you personal about God. Because I pray above all, everything that we're about to do today is going to be personal. And we, we're going to try to run religion right out of this church. Because we want this message to be personal. 
Uh, th th this is a 911. Uh, slide your finger down in St. Matthew chapter 7 to verse 21. And, and, and I just want to give you an intimation of God. And, and brethren, it's so important that you catch this because Jesus is helping us to identify who's who in the kingdom. Jesus is talking about a good tree with good fruit. How do we know who belongs to God? Jesus says, you're going to know them by their heart and the words that come out of those, that heart. They're going to know them by the words, the fruit that they speak. And then Jesus begins, uh, moves into this trans transition. And, this, and in this place, verse 21, is a profound thing that Jesus says. He says, not everyone that comes unto me saying, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. He says, but only he, catches that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. He says, for many in that day shall say, Lord, Lord, did we not in thy name prophesy, pardon me, in thy name. You see it, verse 22. Here's somebody prophesying in the name of God. He goes, did we not cast out devils in thy name? And in thy name do many wonderful works. And then Jesus says, you'll read it for yourself. Then I will profess to them, I never knew you. Oh, man. That, I mean, you got to think about what Jesus just saying there because here's somebody that we would think has really got it together with God. Here's somebody who we would say in the church is operating in the power of God. How could it be that the person who's actually doing the work of the kingdom of heaven is not known of the Lord? When in fact, my Bible tells me God knows everything. How many know God knows everything? Look at your neighbor and say, God knows everything. Touch your back say, be scared. <laughs> I, I'm told that even in the preceding verse, chapter 6 of that great sermon, not only did Jesus say that, that, that even if a sparrow were to fall out of a tree, God knows about that. And in fact, the Bible says that God even knows, catch this, the very numbers of hairs on your head. Look at your neighbor's head right now. See, see if you could count them up. For some it might be easy, for some not so easy. Think about that for a minute. God knows everything, and yet Jesus says, I don't know you. To the very person who is actually performing the work of the kingdom. Doesn't that alarm you? That we could be operating and taking confidence in the very things that we are doing for God, and in reality, God doesn't know you? You know, let me tell you something that's going on in my culture. Let me tell you what's happening. We believe that, that eternal life because Jesus said it is, that eternal life is the knowledge of God. How many know that today to know God is to walk in eternal life? But we're also in a culture that puts that before God knowing you. How many know it's probably more important that God knows you than you know him? Oh, I just said something. Don't get mad if I'm stepping on your toes. But we're in a culture, we want to know everything there is to know about God. You're just not worried if God knows you. This is the issue where our relationship with God has not become personal. Uh, let me help you. You're still in the same Bible. Flip over to St. John 4 because I want to give you revelation today. This is going to help somebody. 
One of the most beautiful passages in the Bible is found in St. John chapter 4 because this is the first time Jesus offers the gift of the Holy Spirit. And he offers it to the woman at the well. This is a profound chapter. If you've never read St. John chapter 4, can I encourage you to do that? This is a woman who, who, who Jesus meets and asks her for a drink of water. She's surprised that, that, that a Jew would talk to a Samaritan. And then Jesus said, if you only knew who was asking you for water, you would have asked of him of living water. She doesn't understand the context of the conversation, so she goes on to say to Jesus, well, are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us this well to drink? And Jesus says, the water, see, you're going to drink here, you'll be thirsty again. If you drink my water, you'll never be thirsty again. Now, 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 now watch this conversation. Then she, then, then she says, well, sir, then give me a drink of that living water that you talk about. Jesus said, you want to drink? Yeah, I want to drink. You really want to drink? I want to drink. Then go call your husband. You really want to drink? Go get your husband. You see, it's going to get personal. You want the Holy Spirit? It's going to get personal. Oh, I'm talking now. See, 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 took it to them and say, pay attention now because, you know, we don't want to get personal with God. That's the last thing we want our relationship with God to be is personal. And Jesus, if you want the Holy Ghost, you want to drink living water, it's going to get personal. So go call your husband. Come back with him and now I'll give you a drink. So well, I have no husband. You rightly said you have no husband. For in fact, you've had five husbands. And the one you're with now isn't even your husband. You're just shacking up. You see, it's getting personal. Look at your name and say, God's going to get personal with you. And he's going to get personal with the thing that you need to get personal with. God's going to get personal with you. You got to hear this, friend. Brother and sister, listen, I want you to hear this. God wants to get personal with you. I want you to hear that, man. You just got you just gotta lay hold of that. God wants to deal with the secret thing in your life. He, he wants to deal with the thing that you don't want to talk to nobody about. He, he wants to talk to you about the thing that you've been thinking about because what you've been thinking about is contrary to the heart of God for your life. And he wants to talk about just that very thing. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. Because, you know, the Holy Spirit will get down deep, man. Uh, he knows exactly what you've been thinking. Right. Touch your name and say, that's scary, Doc. <laughs> Spirit, all the things you've been thinking. And you've heard me say before in this church, if I knew what you were thinking, I'd have to call the police, the FBI, the fire department, the police department, all the crazy things that we think. The Holy Spirit wants to get involved with you there. For a long time, when the Spirit of the Lord gave me revelation this week, for a long time, when, when, when she heard Jesus say, okay, go call your husband, come and see what I have. And then she says, I perceive that thou art a prophet. And then it seems like she's changing the subject. She gets into this context of worship. She says, well, well some say, the Samaritans say, we have to worship here, Mount Gerizim. And while others say, we have to worship in Jerusalem, what, Mount Zion or, or maybe Mount Moriah. And it almost seems like she's trying to change the subject to worship. 
the problem is, the fallacy is, is that in this culture, we don't really know what worship is. We think it's a song. Now, brother and sister, I hope that when we worship God in song that you sang, and, and I hope that what you sang was personal. Because the things that we sing about are things that you should be experiencing in your life. I hope that worship didn't present you as a fraud. Oh, touch your name. Say, no, he's talking about you, doc. Uh, be, 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 because when we worship and we sing about God, this should apply to you. This should be something that you had happen on Thursday or Tuesday. We're coming here to worship God and say, this is what I've experienced in the Lord. And we're worshiping God for who he is. It has to be personal. Look at your neighbor and say, it has to be personal, man. Come on. How, how many know before you get married, you got to ask personal questions? You don't want to find out stuff after you get married. <laughs> I'll move on, Brother Taylor. I got too personal there. Everybody looked at me crazy, right? It's good to be personal. Because per, when you create a place where, there's, where there can be intimate conversation, you're creating what is called a secret place. Hold on to that. Because you're going to need that secret place. Uh, the, the, the woman says, well, where do we worship? And Jesus said, listen, I've got good news for you. We're not going to be worshiping on this mountain or yet in Jerusalem. And in fact, he says, you don't even know what you worship. Because we know what we worship. We're Jews. Salvation is of the Jews. And then he says this. You've heard this before. For the hour has come. And now is. Watch this. When true worshipers shall worship the Father, catch this, in spirit, what? And in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. For God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. I, I, I think in some part, and, and I may not be able to minister this today, but I think that some of you don't, don't value what happens spiritually. Can I suggest to you that, that, that the greatest realm in reality in your life is a spiritual one, not a natural one? Can I suggest to you there's more going on in the spirit that's going on in the natural? Can I, can, can I, can I encourage you to say that we have to have victory in the spirit before we ever see it in the natural world? I, I, I can't go on there too much more, but let me say this to you. How many know we've got to worship in truth? In other words, I've got to come before the Lord open. I, 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 I've got to come to the Lord and let him see down deep inside of me. I've, I've got to create a secret place with God. Now, 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 now let, let me help you with something. Let, let me teach you something Jesus said. Same, same, same sermon, uh, say, uh, chapter 6. Jesus says this. When you pray... Don't pray like the hypocrites. For they love to pray in the synagogues. And they love to pray standing on the street corners so that they can be seen of men. You know, Jesus says, verily I tell you the truth, they've received their reward. Then he says this, watch this. But when you pray, but when you pray, I need you to go into your closet. And I want you to shut the door 
And I want you to pray to your father, listen, which is in secret. And your father, which seeth in secret, shall reward you openly. I've heard a pastor say one time, where there's no private prayer, there's no public power. All he's saying is where we fail to get intimate with God, he won't release his power because he doesn't know you. Do, do you know that God wants to know you? And he, he wants to know you in the secret place because he wants this to be intimate and he wants it to be personal. This is the secret place. Listen, you don't think this woman had problems? She's been married five times. How many know you got problems? You've been married five times. Well, you tap your neighbor and say, you're going to have problems if you, you get married once. If you get divorced, pardon me, you get divorced once, you're going to have problems. How many if you get divorced, you're going to have problems? Raise your hand if you know that already. Just three of you. The rest of y'all better wise up. Get divorced and find out. You better stay in your marriage. Anybody that's ever sat with me at marital counseling, you know what I'm saying? You better stay in your marriage. I'm here to preserve your marriage. Come on, somebody. Don't get mad at me. I believe it's holy. Oh, I'm careful with holy things. I'm not like Esau. I'm not a profane man. I'm, I, I want to treat it for what it is. It's holy matrimony. But I want you to think about this woman. She's been divorced five times. Uh, let, let me digress a moment. Do you know that today 80% of all the divorces filed in the United States are filed by women? And they say, if, and if you have a college education, 90%. Give you another stat. 100% of the divorces in the Old Testament were filed by men. A woman couldn't put away her husband. Only the men could do that. You, you see, this woman is dealing with an issue of rejection. She's been used. She's been manipulated. I'm not saying she's the perfect wife. I'm just saying she's got some real problems. Of course she wants to find out where to worship. She's saying, where do I go? I've got problems that I need to take to God, but I can't find no place to worship the Lord. I, I can't dial 911. And man, I got some problems. I've been married by there at noonday. All of the virtuous women came early. Some have even implied to me that this woman is actually trying to flirt with Jesus. I mean, no, you lost your last mind when you flirt with Jesus. <laughs> Touch your name and say, you're not supposed to be flirting with Jesus, man. It's crazy. It's Jesus, man. It's Jesus. She was looking for something, right? And Jesus says, listen, I want to offer you the Holy Spirit because God wants to get personal with you. How personal have you been with God? How personal are you with God? Are you are you religious? Uh, you, 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 you pray about all these things, but you know what? Church family, let me, let me tell you how you know. Let me tell you how you know 
you're getting personal with Jesus, your flesh is stirred up. You know why I believe why God wants you to seek him is because it stirs you up. And sometimes not in all, all these good ways. I've had people say, Pastor, you know, when I go into my prayer closet, man, when I get into that secret place, all of a sudden the devil attacks me with all kinds of thoughts and things. I said, no, no, no. Watch out. That may not be the devil. That may be you. You're not still yet. Do, do, do you know that the Psalm, David writes, Psalms 46, the Bible says, be still and know that he is God. You first have to be still to know God. And most of us are not still yet. You get into your prayer closet and one problem, one thing, one issue, one thought, one thing after another. And you can never get alone with God because you're so troubled in your spirit. You don't know what it is to be still yet. Do you know that you'll never know God until you get still? And I will contend, anybody that knows anything about prayer knows exactly what I'm talking about. You can get into your prayer closet. The moment you go in and you get yourself to a place and posture in a place where you can pray with God, and all of a sudden thoughts and things and situations start popping up. And the point there is you are not still yet. And it may take a while for you to get over there, but you know what? you got to get personal. And the reason why you're not still is because you're not personal with God. You see, you got to dial 911. It's an emergency. It's a crisis. I told the first lady, we've got a crisis at Harvest Point Church. You know what the crisis is? We're not getting personal with God. And friend, until you do that, you're never going to know who God is and how he can protect you. Do you know that, that, that the responsibility of the believer is to always know that God is near? We have to practice God's presence. And if you practice God's presence, you're going to know his protection. Uh, look, do, do me this favor. Go to, go to Jeremiah 29. Jeremiah 29. Just going to quote some verses because, you know, I know things in paragraphs and chapters. But let me just give you Psalm 29. Everybody knows Psalms 29, 13, where we say, you know, that if we seek the Lord, Jeremiah 29, verse, we can go 29, uh, but I'm going to read it at verse 11. You, you know this one. For I know the thoughts I think towards you, saith the Lord. Yeah. Thoughts of peace, listen, hear this, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you an expected end. Right. Then the Bible says in verse 12, then shall you call upon me. Do you, do you understand what I just said? God says, until you know that my purpose is peace for you, then you'll call. Then you'll hit that 911. Look, 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 look. You ever, you ever got a call from prison? Anybody get locked up and they calling you because they think you have the bail money. Your first call from jail is to the person you believe could get you out. Oh, y'all didn't hear what I just said. You, you dial 911 because you believe the police are your salvation. Now, I'm not here telling you not to dial 911. You know, there's a lot of people here that, you know, you've gone beyond that. You're not even going to wait for the police show. If you've got your, your license to carry, I'm protected by Smith and Wesson. I don't even want to say... Raise your hand if you got a weapon in the house of the Lord. I'm going to leave that alone because 
Y'all get scared. You know how many people today, they, they packing, they're loaded, right? But I've already made my 911 call. I, I, I know who protects me. Because my God has declared peace over my life. He says, I've, I've already determined and predetermined that I'm going to bless you, son. And so I've already made the call. And when trouble comes in my life, my first call is God. My 911 is always the Lord. And I do that to preserve the stillness that I need to live this life. But you, but you know that. For I know the thoughts I think toward you, say it the Lord. Are you Jeremiah 29, 11? For I know the thoughts I think toward you, say it the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you what? Unexpected end. He says, then shall you call upon me. And he says, and when you go and pray, what does he say? I will hearken unto you. Do, do you understand the word hearken? It isn't just listening. It's God's going to listen with action. He's going to listen and he's going to do something about what he just heard. How many believe here today that God is going to protect you? I believe that with all my heart. I believe that he's going to produce peace. I believe that God has my best interest in mind. I believe that God wants to do that for me, that God is already willing. So he's my 911 call. I know who to call when I'm in trouble. And it's not Ghostbusters. Touch them and say, quit calling Ghostbusters. They're going to help go, go, Ghostbusters. Who are you going to call? We've got an epidemic in the church. What's the epidemic? We haven't called on his name. We have to make the 911 call and we got to get personal with God. He says, you got to search me. He goes, you're going to find me when you search for me with your whole heart, with all your heart. That means I've got to come to the Lord in spirit and in truth. I've got to tell him what's going on, and I've got to bear witness with God, and I've got to bear my soul, and I've got to tell him all the intimate things in my life. He's got to be part of that. You know why? Because he wants to know me. And this is the secret place. I've had people ask me, preacher, where's the secret place? I said, it's where you're secret with God. It's where the conversation takes place. My wife knows where I pray. I'm either praying in the master bedroom closet or I pray up in my studio. It's not a secret to her where I pray. What's the secret is what I'm saying. The secret is the revelation I have with God to tell him what's going on in my life. Have you talked with God? Have you shared with him? There's not one parent in here who had a child that may be going through some problem is talking to everybody but you. There's not one parent here that would have a child going through some dilemma, some issue, some strife, and they won't talk to you about it. How frustrating is that? They're not letting you in to let them know what they're experiencing, what's going on, what's on their mind, what's in their heart. It's almost like you don't even know them. God said no more. God sent me to tell you, dial 911 and see if he don't protect you. 
Get on your knees and tell him, Father, this is what's going on. And he said, I will rush to you and I will save you and I will deliver you and I will show you my salvation. I'm going to show you just how powerful I am. You're not going to have to wait 10 years to see it. You'll see it because I'm a God of action. I'm going to hearken unto you. How amazing is that invitation? You say, well, preacher, where's the secret place? I can't find it. What do you mean you can't find it? You've never created a secret place. He that dwelleth, listen, in the secret place of the Most High, what does the Bible say? Shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. You got your Bibles with you? Uh, let, 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 me, let, me, let me talk to you about this shadow. How, how many know that that shadow is a powerful shadow? Listen, listen to what I just said. The shadow is a powerful place to abide. It's the same place that Mary got pregnant. Y'all didn't hear what I just said. How are these things going to be seeing that I know not a man? Spirit will overshadow you. Don't worry. Spirit, you're going to be in the shadow. You see, when your life becomes, when the expression of your life becomes, man, I got it made in the shade. When the expression of your life becomes whatever you're going through, that you have made transaction in the shade of God's presence, then now you're walking under his protection. I think there's a lot of things that you've put there, some things you haven't. And I think there's a lot of things crossing your mind right now of a personal level that you haven't put before God. You've asked everybody under the sun but him. And God said it's time to get personal. God said, I want a secret place with you. And I want you to come. I'm going to show you that I can deliver you. I'm going to show you my faithfulness. Show you who I am. Okay, are are, are y'all there? Y'all, you're Psalms 23, right? I just, want you, I just want you to know there's a lot of shadows in the world. What does David say? The Lord is what? The Lord's what? He's a shepherd. Listen, brother, sister, you know what? Let me see I got five minutes to help you with something. You need to live spiritually before you live naturally. Can I share a story? I didn't plan on sharing this, but I think I'm going to share it with you because the Spirit's talking to me. Do you know there's a man by the name of Elijah? Elijah, S-H-A, who wanted a double portion of the spirit of his predecessor in the name of Elijah. We all, we all know the finality of Elijah because Elijah knew he was going to be taken up. He just didn't know how. And what happened? A chariot of fire picked him up. Y'all know the story, right? The chariot of fire was not a natural chariot. It's a spiritual one. But, but, but Elijah was given the privilege of seeing into the spirit world. What happens in, in the spiritual world now, now, brother and sister, I'm going to tell you as your pastor, the Lord has never given me a glimpse into the spiritual world. I've never seen it. Now, Paul said he saw it. He said he saw things that are unlawful for men to even talk about. Uh, Daniel was given some insight into it when he prayed. And the Bible says the first day he prayed, he got received an answer. But the, 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 the archangel Gabriel was delayed by the princes of Persia, demonic spirits. And it took 21 days for the answer to come. But it was answered the first day. There's a lot going on in the spirit, brothers and sisters, that we can't see. Watch this. The Bible says that Syria was at war with Jerusalem. 
with Israel. And the scriptures teach that the king of Syria uh, was, was planning ambushes and, and, and laying men in wait for the armies of Israel. But Elijah would tell the king, don't go over there because they sit in a trap. Don't go down that road because they're trying to trap you there. There's an ambush over there. So finally the king got so frustrated, the king of Syria, he brought all his men in and says, which one of you is a friend of Israel? Who's the spy in this room? Seems like they know everything we're doing. And one of the men said, they got a prophet in Israel. His name's Elijah. He knows the very things you're saying in your bedchamber. They said, where is he? He said, he's in Dothan. Let's go get him. They got all their chariots and their horses, and they surrounded the house of prophets. The Bible says that when the servant of Elijah got up, he went out and he was petrified. All of the chariots were there, and he was terrified that it would be their last day on earth. And so he woke up Elijah in haste, and Elijah came out and stood, not moved at all by what he was seeing. You know what he said to his servant? Please. The more that be with us and be with them. Lord, open up his eyes so that he can see. The Bible said immediately his eyes were open, and he saw chariots of fire all around him. He saw the protection. Friend, you got to know, you got to know that if you create a secret place, you're dwelling under the protection of the Almighty. That God is protecting you. You may not see it with the eyes. You may never see it with the eyes. But you got to know by faith that if you believe in God and you believe in that secret place and you've made it personal with God, that you've got God's protection. He said, I'm going to protect you, babe. Listen, you got to know that. You got to know that. Get your neighbor high five and say, We're protected by the Almighty. Ain't no better protection than that. Listen, let me close here with this. Y'all in Psalms 23, right? Psalms 23. Listen to David. The Lord is my what? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down where? He leadeth me beside what? Somebody say still waters. Somebody say still waters out loud. Look at your neighbor and say, you need to be still, doc. This is still waters. He says, he restored my soul. He leadeth me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. You in verse 4? What does he say? Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. What is he talking about? He's talking about the spiritual work of God. He knows that he's guarded. He knows that God is there. David has made it his secret place. David has always wanted to be close to God, and he's confessed it. That's why they say that David was a man after God's own heart. Why was he there? Because it was personal. He knew what it was to call 911. Listen, some of you are in such emergencies, and you haven't called 911 yet. God said he wants you to be under his shadow. Y'all remember this, this, this figure. You know, there are a lot of prefigures of Christ in the Old Testament. The one that I love the most, it's most endearing to me, is not the Theophanies, but, but, but the actual image in the Ark of the Covenant. How many know that on the Ark of the Covenant, there were cherubs? On each side of the Ark, on each side of the mercy seat, and their wings... Shadowed the mercy seat. 
Psalms 90 is one of the oldest psalms, if not the oldest psalm in the Bible. You know why? Because Moses wrote it. Some people think that Psalms 91 is a continuation of the conversation that Moses was having out of Psalms 90. How many know that Moses saw the glory of God? How many know that when Moses said, I'm not going unless you go, and God said, I'm going with you, pillar of cloud by day, pillar of fire by night. Y'all hear what I'm saying? He got to see it with his own eyes. But the glory of God would descend over what? The tabernacle. What's inside there? The Ark of the Covenant. What's there? The mercy seat, the angels, the cherubs, the wings. And, and, and what are we hearing? What is Moses saying? It's under those wings that God's going to put you. He's going to put you under his wings, under his feather, under his wings shall you abide? All because you got personal? Do, do you understand how simple that is? You just got to get personal with God? Oh, come on, man. That, it can't be that easy. It is that easy. You got to get personal with God. You got to make your 911. And you got to say, Father, I need some help. I need some help, God. I'm in a strait. I need some help. Lord, rescue me. Lord, salvage me. Lord, get me out of my distress. And God will meet you there. And you can speak with God. And he's going to cover you. And you've got his divine protection. Somebody say hallelujah to that. It's time. Listen, the urgency is now. The urgency is now. You've talked to everybody. Uh, you, you, you called your attorney. Uh, you, you, you called your CPA. You talked to your supervisor. You've talked to your friends. You've talked to your aunts and uncles. But you haven't talked to God. All we need is a secret place. Brother and sister, you're in charge of that secret place. Will you stand with me right now? Listen. Listen, friends. Listen, friends. I want you to know that with God, it's already personal. Brother, Brother Kano, can, can, can you start? It's going to get real personal right now. You want to know how personal it's going to get? It's going to get bloody right now. It's about to get bloody in the house of the Lord. It's personal, man. It's about to get real personal. Thank you, Julio. Thank you, Noel. You can go ahead and start. Let's pass out the sacrament. Because I just want you to know just how personal it is. Amen. You say, well, preacher, how do I know God's going to help me? He bled on it. <laughs> how, how do I know that the truth of God is going to manifest when I need it most? Because he bled on that. He made a covenant with you. He gave a son to prove his faithfulness. Listen, brother and sister. Listen, brother and sister. So, so they're handing out the sacrament. It's a cup. In that cup, there's a little bread that's underneath the little cellophane top of your, of your cup. We're going we're gonna to do something here today. This is what I want you to know. So, so I want you to hear this. Church, you got to hear what I'm about to tell you. This is so important to me. You know, we're all good at drinking. We come to church, and, and we're going to take the sacrament, and we're going to drink that blood, and we're going to believe that God forgave us. There's not one person in here who's, who professes faith in Christ who doesn't believe in that blood that you've been washed clean. How many believe you've been washed clean? 
I believe that I've been washed clean. Bro, I believe God's washed me clean, my man. EJ, I believe God's washed me clean, man. I, I, I'm, as, I'm as clean as they say as a chitlin on Thanksgiving. Come on, somebody. Some of y'all don't know what chitlins are. I'll talk to me later. I'll explain. But you know what? I also believe I believe that body was broken for me. Oh, they, they, they got one up front. Thank you. Thank you. I believe that that body we're about to eat, I believe that that body was broken for me. Now, now you got to hear this. I believe in the blood because I've drank the blood. Jesus, you. You have no part unless you drink of me and eat of me. I believe that body was broken for me, for my victory, for my healing, for my deliverance. So, so when I take this communion, I take it in two parts. I know that I'm forgiven and that that blood is washed, but I also believe that I'm walking in the divine protection of the Almighty. I've not only been saved of my sins, I've been saved of my distresses too. That's how personal it is. Do you believe that? So how many know we can't take the, the communion unworthily? You got to know what you're eating. You're eating the power of God. As you chew, you're saying, my God will deliver me. My God will protect me. My God's going to help me. For I know the thoughts I think towards you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you an expected end. Then shall you call upon me. Then you can eat the bread. And brother, just said, we got to eat that bread today. How many can say amen to that? Amen. I want you to know what we're eating. L -l -l listen, listen, don't eat this bread and leave here scared. Let me say it again. Don't eat this bread and you shake it in your boots when you hear somebody say something to you. Eat the bread and, and let it sustain you. Look, don't eat this bread and stay worried. It's a contradiction. Come on, somebody. You can't eat the bread this morning and be worried at the same time. You got to eat the bread and say that Jesus took those stripes that I'd be healed. The chastisement of my peace was upon him. And by his stripes, I'm healed. You got to know that's what that bread is. So can we eat the bread and put an end to all the nonsense? Come on, somebody. Y'all ready? Y'all ready? Oh, open up that little cellophane. We're going we're gonna to get down right here. This is what I want you to do. Just as a... Just as a just so that you know Jesus was broken for you so that you don't have to be broken anymore. Come on. Jesus was broken for you so that you don't have to be broken anymore. Let me say it again. Jesus was broken for you so that you don't have to be broken anymore. So just, just break that bread right between you. Finger, thumb, forefinger. Let's bless it. Father, we thank you for the personal nature of this communion, this relationship. It's personal. It's personal. I can come to you with any need, with any distress, with any trouble. That my heart may be stilled so that I can get on with the business of God. Father, my heart's been troubled. Just pray with me. Follow me because this is important. Father, my heart's been troubled. Father, I've been distressed. Father, I've been under duress. Father, I've been facing monumental amounts of stress. And my prayer life has been contaminated by that. I, I can't even get through. I need to be still. Today I surrender all my problems, all my cares. Today I, I, I make this transition with the yoke of Jesus. 
that I can cast my cares upon him for he cares for me. And I can say, here it is, Lord. You got it. Protect me, Father, from those that rage against me. Protect me from those that are, that are trying to find a way to assassinate me, to, to pull me down, to belittle me, to make light of me. Father, I give it to you, for I wrestle not against flesh and blood. For the weapons of my warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God with the pulling down of strongholds. Oh, I believe in this body today. You're my protection. Say, you're my protection. You're my divine deliverer. You're my shield. You're my refuge. You're my buckler. You're my strong tower. And I take this blood and I take this bread to commemorate just what you've done for me. We bless this bread today for all that it entails, for my healing, for my deliverance, for my strength, for my salvation. And I declare it in Jesus' name. Amen. You can take that bread. Come on. How marvelous. How marvelous it is. Y'all feel the Holy Spirit ministering in that? Awesome. You feel the Holy Spirit ministering in that? That's awesome. Awesome. Okay. Let's get that cup open. Let's, as they say, let's wash it down. I've been washed in the blood. You, you, you know, church family, this blood purchased me. I, I want you to hear this one more time. This blood, it purchased me. I was bought with the price. Well, what price? The blood of Jesus. Now, now hold tight. I don't belong to me anymore. <laughs> I belong to God. I'm his prized possession. I'm the apple of the eye of the Lord. He bought me. He redeemed me with his blood. That the middle wall of partition that man had erected was torn down that I may have fellowship with God. I take this blood to commemorate the completeness of the victory I have in the person Christ. His body was bruised and broken. His body was drained of its blood. But today, my complete, the completion of my salvation is thorough, is manifested, it's personal with God. We bless this cup today. We bless it. We bless it. Father, we thank you for it. Jesus, we thank you. What could we say? What could we say? to the immeasurable worth of your blood drawn from your veins. I take this blood and bless it in Jesus' name. Come on, let's take it together, brother. 